Hello, and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,935. The topic is nutrition, and the title is Food Substitutions versus Counting Calories. Uh, This topic actually came up in our podcast from yesterday. So yesterday I interviewed Josh Bryant. He is a trainer, and I don't even know how to label him because he's done everything under the sun. (laughs) Uh, But he trains people for strength. He's trained bodybuilders. He's trained professional athletes, D1 athletes. He has even written a a personal training course and a tactical uh, training course for ISSA. I mean, the guy's just, he's done everything a trainer would want to do. So you can check him out in our podcast yesterday and at his website, www.joshstrength.com. Com. So in our discussion yesterday, uh, we were talking about how to manage personal growth amidst the chaos of life. So I wanted to touch on what he kind of tracked in his own life for nutrition and training, and then also just personal growth, character development, and then how he managed that in chaos of life. When we were talking about nutrition, I asked him what his kind of greatest priorities were, his main focal points. And he brought up the idea of food substitutions. So he was saying that one of his main focuses is to eat clean foods. And if he wants to lose a little bit of weight, he'll eat certain foods instead of other foods. And that will create a caloric reduction. And then he also tracks his protein. He tries to get in about a gram of protein per pound of body weight every day. When we were discussing the food substitution component, He stated that he's aware of, and (laughs) clearly he is given his background in working with so many people, uh, that proper weight management, if you want to lose weight or gain weight, and hopefully if you're gaining weight, you're gaining mostly muscle, and uh, you can gain strength while you're uh, gaining weight or losing weight, so that doesn't necessarily directly uh, negate, like if you want to lose weight, it doesn't negate the ability to gain strength. Uh, It can be a little bit of a hindrance if you don't do it correctly. (laughs) Uh, But typically when we talk about gaining weight, we would mean purposeful uh, like addition of weight through added muscle tissue. So he knows if he wants to change the direction of his weight, he can substitute certain foods for other foods. And food substitution is actually a really common tactic among the trainers that I work with. So over half of my clients are personal trainers, and we get to talk a lot about the nuances and little weird details of things uh, when it comes to training and nutrition. But what's fun about nutrition is typically with trainers, they've counted calories before. They've tried many, many diet structures, and they have a good understanding of how their body responds to foods, and in general, how much food their body needs. Now, given that understanding, it allows them to kind of like ballpark their calories, meaning they might not know down to the singular number where their calories are every day, but they have a really good idea of whether they're in an appropriate deficit or an appropriate surplus. And that's very normal. This is 100% normal <laughs> uh, when I work with uh, trainers that if if they have the mental space to do this, they just kind of monitor their food throughout the day, make good, healthy decisions. Now, some trainers, they would rather just have me give them a number, uh, like a range to go for. They track it, and then they don't have to think about it. 
perfect. I actually love that the most because it gives us the most sense of control and consistency. So that is that is my preferred method. But if a trainer doesn't want to have to track everything all day and they just want to eat healthy, um, typically in those cases what they mean by eat healthy is making proper food substitutions and food choices. Now, that can get them a, a decent amount of progress, but then when we want to get to the like the next level details, uh, so it might take them from 18% body fat down to say 12% body fat, but then when they want to get leaner than that, we got to count calories. Uh, when somebody's trying to build muscle, you know they might be 180 pounds. They got through like a shoulder injury. They were eating okay, but they were definitely under eating because they weren't able to train as much. But now all of a sudden their shoulder's healthy. They're clear to go, clear to start training harder. They'll eat more and therefore they'll go from 180 up to like 188, but then it kind of plateaus. And then we're like, okay, now we've got to count calories. So it often works as a way to get initial change. And for, for most regular people, um, that's going to be all the change they would need. But when you want to get to an, a next level of progress, you do then have to usually get into the kind of the dirty details of things. So I wanted to give some examples of food choices, uh, food substitutions, and then talk about how this type of uh, calorie tracking, because it's not you're not actually counting calories, but you're controlling calories. How this strategy doesn't work sometimes. <laughs> how can we make it work versus how do people screw it up? That kind of thing. So we talk about food substitutions. One quick, easy example that I've used my whole life is chicken and rice versus steak and rice. When I want to lose weight, I'll eat chicken and rice. When I want to gain weight, I'll eat steak and rice. The reason why is steak has way more fat content, depending on the type of steak you choose. You know, you can get ground beef 97% lean, and then you're not really getting any much of a fat change versus a chicken breast, especially if you're doing chicken thighs. Uh, they can have really high fat content, about the same fat content as a, a typical kind of red meat steak would have. So if we're comparing chicken breast to, say, sirloin steak, the sirloin steak is going to have fats that the chicken breast would not. So whenever I have steak and rice, for the same volume of meat, I would have more calories in that meal than chicken and rice if I match the same volume of chicken with the steak. So for example, if I was eating 8 ounces of steak, I would eat 8 ounces of chicken or vice versa. If the volume of the food stays the same, then the caloric change can be quite significant. And that would allow me to change the calorie amount in that meal, especially when I'm trying to lose weight or gain weight. I'll usually have two or three of those meals a day. So it can be a very significant and very effective food substitutional change. Another change you'll see is people will switch between whole eggs and egg whites. If you have eggs for breakfast and you have, say, four whole eggs, versus, say, one whole egg and then the equivalent of three eggs and egg whites, that can create a caloric change between those meals because the egg whites won't have the fat content that the whole eggs would have. So if you have a meal with more egg whites, you're going to have less calories. Therefore, that would push for fat loss. If you have a meal with more whole eggs, you're going to have more calories, and that would push towards weight gain. Another substitution for carbohydrates uh, would be rice versus peas versus corn. <laughs> if you have the same volume of peas as you used to have in rice, peas are about half the carbs of rice. 
for the same volume. So you're going to cut your, your calories in regards to that foods, those foods, down. You could also then cut from peas to corn because corn has roughly about half the calories for the same volume as peas. So if I was doing chicken and rice, but I wanted to get leaner, I would then do chicken and peas. And then if I wanted to get leaner, I would do chicken and corn. You would just substitute rice for peas for corn. And that's a way to bring calories down. Or you could do reverse of that substitution and bring calories up. Uh, sometimes it's helpful for people to get used to food volumes. So sometimes you have to drive in more food with lower calorically dense foods just to get people eat, used to eating more food, and then you can bring up the density of the foods. I have uh, done this with people who have struggled to grow before because they just didn't eat much. And we had to start getting them to eat more volume per meal, and that was a strategy we used. So it sounds funny to say that you would actually like slowly increase the ability for somebody to be able to eat more. That sounds like a dangerous thing, <laughs> but it helps them grow muscle. So it's actually been very effective. Food substitution as like a diet strategy absolutely works. But <laughs> there are two things that people do who are successful with this strategy that the people who aren't successful don't do. What are those two things? Number one is you want to make known substitutions, meaning you are 100% aware of the calorie difference between the choices you're making. And number two, they keep the same volume of food. So how this looks when people mess it up is when, when people try to do food substitution and it doesn't work. It's either because they substituted one thing for another thing thinking it would make a difference, but it didn't. They just thought, well, this sounds like a good substitution, but they didn't actually look at the data and look at the numbers. Or they make the substitution correctly, but they end up overeating the lower calorie option. So they switch to a lower calorie food, but then they slowly just start eating more of that food. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there isn't so much of a caloric reduction because the volume has increased. And there's another way where people will mess that up is they'll make a substitutional change. The calorie change is so aggressive that it causes them to feel drained, dead, high cravings. They end up overeating and they get in this horrible cycle. So when we don't make known substitutions or when we make the substitution but we don't control the volume, this strategy will not work. <laughs> so... Examples of people making this mistake would be switching from white bread to wheat bread. It really doesn't matter. Two slices of white bread, and there are different brands, so I haven't cherry-picked. I literally just uh, took the first kind of common brand that I know like my clients would choose from. Uh, but two slices of white bread is 160 calories. Two slices of wheat bread was 140 calories. 20 calories, not significant, especially if that's only one meal of your day. If you're only having bread in one meal of the day, then you make a change from wheat, white bread to wheat bread, it won't make a difference. 20 calories is not significant enough to make a difference. Another change is white potato to sweet potato. If you were to weigh out 100 grams of white potato, that's roughly 92 calories. 100 grams of sweet potato is roughly 86 calories. That would only be a 6 calorie reduction. That is not significant. So they'll make substitutions that they believe are healthy substitutions. You know, I think we would all agree that we would believe 
that switching from wheat bread to white bread would be a healthy choice. We would all believe that switching from sweet potato, I mean from white uh, potato to sweet potato would be a healthy choice. To go from the white variation, so white bread to wheat bread or white potato to sweet potato, that those would be healthy choices. They can be healthy for digestive reasons. They can be healthy for other issues like um, glycemic control and index and whatnot. Uh, But they're not really a significant change in calories. So you might make those changes. Somebody might have a sandwich for lunch, and they're like, well, I'm going to switch from wheat bread, white bread to wheat bread. And then maybe they have you know, meat and potatoes at dinner, and they're like, I'm going to switch from white potatoes to sweet potatoes. So that entire day, they made those two changes, and it was only a 26-calorie change. Not going to matter. Not going to make any difference. So if we don't know the actual, like literal number of calories that the change is making, it can mess us up and it can actually make no difference whatsoever or it can make too drastic of a difference. You might drop, say, all carb-dense foods. I'm not going to have rice, pasta, potatoes, bread, bagels. I'm only going to have vegetables for carbs. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> not really because that sounds awful. But <laughs> you might think that that sounds like a good idea until you start doing it. But you realize all of a sudden you've made a 600 calorie reduction in your day. Your energy crashes. You feel like crap. You have huge cravings. You then break on your diet. You overeat. Then you feel bad about yourself. You over restrict. And then that cycle just repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats. Without knowing the amount or the significance of the substitution, it absolutely can lead to the food substitution method not working. And as we said, the second reason for food substitution diets to fail is because people overeat the lower calorie food. So you need to remain consistent in portion sizes, uh, whether you actually measure them or maybe you just make kind of a rule of, you know, I'm going to eat on the same size dinner plate and I can whatever fits on the plate I'm eating, I'm not allowed seconds. But you have some way in which to control the portion sizes. So that is, those are the two things that when people do food substitution diet management correct, they'll do these things well. Is they make known substitutions and they keep the volume of the foods the same. So I thought it was fun when talking to Josh because... Like, like he, like many, like my, my training clients, they have just a ridiculous wealth of nutrition knowledge. So I love to hear how they simplify things. It's easy to get lost in the weeds. It's easy to point out every little nuance and detail and blah, blah, blah. But what's fun is when you talk to people who are really freaking smart. And you're like, okay, how do you manage this? What's, what's the simple like details that you found? And that is the fun, like, oh, that is the gold right there. When you can take somebody's been doing this for 20, 30, 40 years, and then they're like, well, what I found is X, Y, Z. It's like, oh, you just got like an enormous education. You got 40 years for free because they just told you what X, Y, Z was. That is the amazing information right there. So anytime I get a chance to talk with somebody who has the knowledge that Josh has, it's super fun to hear what they're xyz is what is their post-complexity simplicity well how do they simplify everything that they've learned and that's the good stuff so what i thought was fun was he said at the end of the day it's still calories in versus calories out 
And that's true. Like, it's not fun that it's true sometimes, but it's true. It's just finding your way to manage that. You know, whether it's points in a, like a diet scale, whether it's time restriction to create caloric restriction, uh, whether it's cutting out certain food groups to create caloric restriction, uh, you're just manipulating calories. So what I love is Josh prioritizes the same damn things that I say over and over again in this podcast that probably drives everybody nuts and everybody's probably waiting for the secret, the thing that I'm not telling you that, you know, you're like, oh, it just can't be that simple. It just, there's got to be something else to it. There's got to be something more. There literally isn't. There isn't. It's calories, protein, timing. The same things that I tell you all the time, the same things I teach to my clients, the same things I monitor for myself, for my wife, for my family, are the same things that Josh monitors for himself. So you have another person, like lifelong, this is all they've done their whole life, and that's exactly what they measure. And now his method of food substitution as a way of calorie control, great, maybe you've never tried that before, give it a shot. It's, it's just finding how to do that in a way that you can understand and in a way that you're able to kind of modulate and change as you go throughout the day because no one's life is consistent. So we can't have these black and white rules. We have to have guidelines and then we make our decisions based on those guidelines. So I thought it was fun to hear that Josh's list was the same. So again, if you haven't checked it out, you can go to our website, www.brutalirongym.com. Go to the free nutrition education uh, page on that page the first document link is create your own nutrition program and it'll teach you what are the right amount of calories for you the right amount of protein and give you some guidance on how to time your calories and protein and that's exactly what i would do with any of my clients all my clients and that's what josh does with his clients as well so i thought that was fun uh, if you want any help uh, putting that all into practice and making uh, a method that works for you just reach out i do have my nutrition coaching service it's 150 dollars for the first month because we do a zoom call consultation and then it's a hundred dollars a month after that uh, so if you're interested in that service i'll walk you through it teach you how to do all this uh, we can go you know a couple months make sure you understand it and then you can run with it on your own for the rest of your life so it's pretty awesome but that service you can learn more about on our website on the 101 services page okay i thought this was fun to share if you have any follow-up questions if you need anything just shoot me an email at brutalirongym at gmail.com if you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Uh, even just a $5 a month kind of donation really does help. It helps cover the overall cost of hosting this and some of the time invested. So I do genuinely genuinely appreciate the people who do uh, donate and support. It, it does help a lot. It does ease some of that burden. So thank you very much. And if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Jim. As always, I hope this was helpful and thank you for listening.